as I said at the <coughs> coming out the uh, as I said at the beginning, we're beginning a, a series this morning on whole life uh, worship, and uh, we should be looking at this over the coming weeks through to uh, the beginning of December. And uh, part of this series, we're looking for your stories as well about worship, particularly worship outside of this building, what we're involved in. And uh, there's a little uh, note in the, I think it's in the bulletin. Yes, that's it on the second page. Whole Life Worship on December the 3rd. We wrap up the series with a celebration of all aspects of worship, both and mission within the church and outside. And so we want your stories. And maybe you're sitting there thinking at the moment, well, what story have I got? Well, perhaps over the next few weeks that will stimulate you into thinking of the situations that you find yourselves in. Because we want to celebrate the life that we share together, not just in here, but out there in the world. In the simple fact that we spend more time out there than we do in here. And so, you know, we are called not just simply to be worshippers here, but we're called to be worshippers out there. And so, yes, if you've got uh, a story or something to share, then email or speak to to Becca. Email brettonworship at gmail.com, which is there in the notice sheet. But whole life worship. We're going to pray before we come to God's word. Carol's going to come and join me. And uh, we're going to bring some intercessions to God because it just enables us to reflect a little bit on the wider world. And I don't know about you, but if uh, we come to prayers, I sometimes get, my mind just goes into overdrive because there is so much going on. And so what I've done this week is that I came across a song by Geraldine Latty. And uh, Lord, you hear the cry. And for me, it just resonated because it actually just reflects on the cries that people make in different situations. So we're going to use this song, and I confess that I've actually added a couple of verses to it, just again reflecting on some of the cries that come up from the world. And we're going to join in those cries. So it's working. So in this, we want you to also participate. At the end of each verse that we shall alternate, Carol and I, there comes the words, Lord, have mercy on us. I want you to respond, Lord, have mercy on us. And then at two points, we will also then say the other words together. Break the heavens, Lord. You said the poor are not forgotten. So let's pray. Lord, you hear the cry of the widow weeping. Lord, you hear the cry of the child ill-treated. Lord, you hear the cry of the depressed one sinking. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, you hear the sound of the proud ones laughing. Lord, you hear the sound of the childless hoping. Lord, you hear the sound of those in debt and struggling. Lord, have mercy on us. 
Lord, have Break the heavens, Lord. You said the poor are not forgotten. Let your justice roar in mighty waves across the earth. Come and whisper peace, O God of generous compassion. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, you hear the sound of the addict craving. Lord, you hear the sound of the greed of nations. Lord, you hear the sound of the martyrs praying. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, you hear the call of the hungry starving. Lord, you hear the call of the migrant wandering. Lord, you hear the call of the lost one seeking. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, you hear the sound of the hostage fearing. Lord, you hear the sound of the prostitute exploited. Lord, you hear the sound of the politician planning. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Break the heavens, Lord. You said the poor are not forgotten. Let your justice roar in mighty waves across the earth. Come and whisper peace, O God of generous compassion. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Amen. As we share communion together later, that song will be played as part of communion. So that as we come and share communion, we share it corporately, yes, but we also bring the needs of the world to the foot of the cross. And it may be that as you wait to come up to be served for communion or after you've been served and you've gone back to uh, your seats, then something in that psalm might have resonated. Maybe you identify with the martyrs praying or the addicts craving or the widow weeping. And it might be just there in the communion that you can bring individual situations and circumstances that you are aware of. Whole life worship. I wonder what that conjures up in your your mind. We hear a lot about whole foods, don't we? And, uh, you know, foods with nothing taken out, as it were. And uh, wholesome living and so forth. But whole life worship. I wonder, if I ask you a question... I wonder what responses I might get. What are the tasks that you don't like doing? What tasks don't you like doing? Anybody brave enough to voice them? Anyone brave enough? Tessa. Washing up. Washing up. Okay, anybody identify with that? That's it. Washing up, okay, a few. Anything else that you don't? Richard. Like answering emails. Email, right. Answering emails, right, yes, I might identify with that, but anything else? I'm 
Unblocking the drains. Unblocking the drains, okay. I'm glad you didn't say the church finances, but, you know, <laughs> that's, that's it. But uh, anything else for anyone? Becca. Emptying the nappy bin. Emptying the nappy bin, right, okay. Now, can I be a little bit radical this morning and uh, just challenge you on those things that you don't like doing? How, if you will begin to look at them as an act of worship, something in which you can glorify God? Yes, even in emptying the nappy bin. There. What if we began to look at the whole of life as an act of worship? Not simply as fulfilling a duty, an obligation, or simply ticking a box, but as an opportunity to glorify God, to share his character, his nature, with our colleagues, with our friends, with our family, with our acquaintances. In fact, to make all tasks an act of worship. In both Hebrew and Greek, there are two categories of words for worship. The first is about body language. And I don't know whether you realise that you say a lot about, we say a lot through our bodies, don't we? You know, you can, say, you can see whether somebody's engaging or whether they're disengaging. You can see whether somebody's interested or whether they're disinterested. You can see whether somebody is, is happy or somebody is sad simply through body language. And that first group of words speak about bowing down, raising hands. It speaks about kneeling. It speaks about prostrating ourselves <laughs> before God. It speaks about coming with a sense of reverence and with awe. One of the words is literally coming and kneeling and kissing the hand. Almost like a dog coming and licking your hand. That has the, 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 the reference of it. But then there's a second group of words that have the whole concept of doing something for God. That, that demonstrates sacrifice and obedience that demonstrates our, our willingness to live, to offer our lives, to serve, to give, to share. Now, over the next six weeks, we're going to be exploring this. And I'm trying this morning not to actually spoil the thunder of other people that are going to come follow, follow, following me. But we should be looking at different passages. Passages like Colossians 3. 16 and 17. Paul encourages the Colossian church to sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. And I guess if I was to ask people for a definition of worship, that's what you would give. It's what we do on a Sunday. It's what we do when we come in through that door. And yeah, the music group plays, starts up and we sing our songs of praise. And, and, and I love it. I love it. But then Paul goes on in this and he says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything we do, can you say, can you say that about your life? Everything you do is an act of worship 
an act of obedience, an act where you honour God and you revere God and you express your devotion to God, whatever you do. Similarly, the verse that we began our worship with in Hebrews sums up the Christian response of worship like this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. How many of us would stop at the first part of that verse? Through Jesus, therefore, offer, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. We'd probably want to stop there. The word sacrifice comes into it. We'll be exploring that a little bit more next week. But the writer here describes two responses of worship. He speaks about the sacrifice of our lips. A sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips. Has your praise this morning been a sacrifice, an offering, or has it just simply been a duty? Something that you do at 10.45 on a Sunday morning. Our prayers, our songs, our testimonies, our creeds, these are the audible overflow of our heart's commitment and thanks to God. But then there's a second kind of sacrifice that the writer writes about here. The sacrifice of our hands, the good, uh, to do good and to share with others. Another aspect of worship. Do you know that every time you walk down the aisle at Sainsbury's and there's somebody coming towards you, looking a little bit harassed, and you smile at them, you've entered into an act of worship. You've shared something of Jesus with them. Every time you pick up that phone and you break a bright and cheery hello and greeting to whoever's on the end of the phone, you've made an act of worship. You're demonstrating something of your love and of your commitment to God. The message puts it like this. Make sure you don't take things for granted and go slack in working for the common good. Share what you have with others. God takes particular pleasure in acts of worship. A different kind of sacrifice that take place in kitchens and workplace and on the streets. That's not the first place that we think about, is it, in terms of worship? We don't think of the kitchen or the streets or the workplace, do we? We think of here, this building. For the New Testament writer, there is a response of worship which comes not just from our lips, but from our hands, our lives. It, revolve, it involves our response to God, not with, only with the church congregation, but also among the people that we bump into in various situations from Monday to Saturday. Rick Warren, in The Purpose Driven Life, says, Worship is not part of your life. It is your life. And in that, it seems to mirror the Old Testament. 
And I keep looking at my watch and just thinking how much time that I do have with what I want to follow on. But just really to flick through this. Amos chapter 5. Amos has some strong words to say about the worship of the people of Israel. I, the Lord, hate and despise your religious celebrations and your times of worship. I won't accept your offerings or animal sacrifices, not even your very best. No more of your noisy songs. I won't listen when you play your harps. But let justice roll, justice and fairness flow like a river that never runs dry. Can that be said of us on a Monday to Saturday, that that is part of our worship, that let justice is done, that uh, fairness flow from our lives in the dealings that we have with other people. Are we known as the person who, if somebody snaps at us, we'll immediately snap back at them? Are we known as the person in the office with the bad attitude? Or are we the one in the office who is always affirming people, always seeking to lift people up, always seeking to encourage them, always seeking that way of fairness and of justice? What about Micah? And some of these we can look and we can think, well, actually that refers to sort of the work that we do with Hope Into Action. That's something that works in justice or hope for justice or whatever it might be. But how about bringing it down to the personal level? What offering should I bring when I bow down in worship to the Lord my God most high? Should I try to please him by sacrificing calves a year old? The Lord has told us what is right and what he demands. See that justice is done. Let mercy be your first concern and humbly obey your God. Something I've just noticed there, just reading that. Let mercy be your first concern. What a challenge that is in terms of our worship. Are we a merciful people or are we a judgmental people? Are we quick to jump on people's backs? Or are we ready to give them a little bit of leeway to show mercy? Because we are people who have been shown mercy. Whole life worship covers not just Sunday mornings, but all the way through, right through to Saturday, right through the week. There's a song that we sometimes sing. We don't sing it as much nowadays as we used to. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. You've arrived on Sunday morning. You've come in through the doors. You've sat down. The notices have been given or whatever. There's been a call to worship and then the the singers start up on this song. What's it saying to us? What's that song saying to us? It's saying to us that everything that happened outside of that door was not worship. It's saying that now, this moment, this moment is a time to worship. This moment is a time to praise. You may say, David, you're splitting hairs. Yeah, I know, I may be. 
because I think some of we, we, we do realise that worship is wider. But I want to challenge that concept that worship is just what happens here. One of the verses that has struck me recently comes from 1 Corinthians 6. You surely know that your body is a temple where the Holy Spirit lives. Pause. Take that in for a moment. Do you know that? Where did the people of Israel meet for worship? The temple. That's where the sacrifices were made. That's where the priests, that's where the praises were given and the voices were raised. We now are the temple of the Holy, Holy Spirit. We are now in our bodies. So wherever you go, whatever situation you're in, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't that blow your mind? You're a place of worship. You're a place of worship. 24-7, 52 weeks a year, whatever many years we have. Some churches that I've been into, you've come up to the door and at the door there's a sign that just simply says, you are now entering a place of worship. I'm not quite sure what it means by that. Well, I don't know what it means by that. You are now entering a place of worship. And I've heard people stand up at the front and say, now, whatever sort of week you've had, I want you to leave it at the door because now we're going to be worshipping God. What does that say? It says something that actually once we come in through those doors, we're cutting ourselves off from the world outside and the world around us. I want to be saying that that notice isn't on the outside of the door as you come in, but it's on the inside of the door as you're going out. So that as we leave here, we say, now you are entering a place of worship. Now you are entering the arena of service. Now you are entering the arena of where you glorify God and you honour him. Our worship today should be the overflow of our worship during the week. Just reflect on that for a moment. Our worship today should be the fruit of our worship during the week. So often we turn it round. And we look upon the worship of today as to be the overflow into our week. But we can't as the people that we are in the week. Before we move into communion, I want to do one other thing. And uh, it's again, it's using a song. It's a song that I love. It's a song that I've always enjoyed singing. It's a song where I just sort of feel, yes, you can be free, you can lift your hands, you can delight in the Lord. And we should be singing it later on. And it's this, and this is part of it. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. And uh, 
we all know the sentiments and there's much more to it in terms of the song uh, than, than, than that. And I guess if you're like me, if you're setting up a PowerPoint, they're the kind of pictures that you would put on that PowerPoint. They're the kind of images that you would put. Because we're all inspired, aren't we, by the glorious sunset. We're all inspired by the mountains. We're all inspired by the creation. And that is good. That is good because God has created it good. But how about changing the images to something like this? I will give you all my worship sitting at my office desk in the doctor's surgery. I will give you all my worship going down the aisle in the supermarket. I will give you all my praise as I'm on a UA3 ramble. I'll give you all my praise as I'm on the school run or I'm caring for those around me. I'll give you all my praise when I'm in the call centre or when I'm in the gym. Put your place of work in those images. One of the things I meant to have done in the first service, which I didn't, and it's something that I'd love to do, I'm not sure whether, or I'm sure we've got it, I'd love to receive some of your pictures. I'll think around this and find out how I can sort of set it up. I'd love to get some of your pictures. A picture that symbolises your place, where you dwell during the week. It might be your kitchen sink. It might be the aisles of Sainsbury's. It might be the, you know, the office floor. It might be a telephone. It might be a computer screen. Whatever it is, whatever you think symbolises your week, between Monday and Saturday. I'd love to receive a picture so that we can set up perhaps a, a rolling image with those words over it. With those words over it. I'm sure that's possible, isn't it, Becca? You can send it to the Breton Worship email address. Okay. Send it to the Breton Worship email address. So actually, as part of that celebration, we can use that as an acknowledgement of who we are. Whole life people seeking to worship God. We're going to move into a time of communion. At the, at the conclusion of that time of communion, we shall have a, just a brief time of prayer where I want to commission you. We're very good at commissioning children's workers, youth workers, missionaries overseas, or, you know, there. Because we think that's important. When I want to say you are important. Because each and every one of you, wherever you are this week, you are on the front line of God's service and of God's kingdom. And so we shall be commissioning you into the week that lies ahead. Praying God's blessing. And you might be saying, well, I don't know. I'm retired. What do I do? Well, yeah, you might be retired, but you're part of that U, UA3's rambling group. Or you volunteer down at the Red Cross. And you go down Sainsbury's to do your shop. 
or whatever it might be. You might say, well, actually, I'm just a stay-at-home mum. No, you're not. You're not just a stay-at-home mum. You're a mum. You're a homemaker. And let's acknowledge that. And let's encourage that. And let's build one another up in that. But first we're coming to communion. So let's pause for a moment. Let's... going to come here in the light of communion and we're simply going to be commissioned into the week that lies ahead wherever that takes you if you describe yourself as being retired self-employed employed a homemaker a volunteer a student a child whatever however you define yourself then this is for you This is for you. Because God calls each and every one of us to be a light in this dark world. He calls us to be salt. And he calls us to be worshippers. In office, in shop floor, in the supermarket, on the streets, in the schools. Again, wherever we go, whatever we do. I know that we're not all able to, and I acknowledge that. But I'd like us to stand if we're able at this point. I'd like us to stand together, but we also embrace those who are unable to stand. Because you are just as precious to God, and the witness and the worship that you bring is just as precious to God. And so we would stand with you. Loving God, you have called us to a life of ministry and mission in the world. And no one is exempt from that calling. We are your ambassadors. As we stand today... Retirees, those who are self-employed or employed, homemakers, students, volunteers, we offer the diversity of our lives. We recognise that you have called us to be worshippers in offices and homes, in hospitals and shop floors, in clubs and in charities, in places of education and call centres, in public services and large corporations, in retail and recreation. In fact, whatever we do, whether in word or deed, we are called to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to you, our Heavenly Father, through him. As we move from this place, and enter into another week of work and activity, we surrender every endeavour, 
every interaction with others, every responsibility, large or small, every struggle, every joy, every decision, and every opportunity to you as an act of worship. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I commission you, each one, Know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And may the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness and self-control be the hallmarks of your week. And wherever you go and wherever you are called this week, May the peace of the Lord be with you in all and every situations. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and grant you his presence and his peace. In the name of the one who is the Prince of Peace, Jesus, our Saviour and Lord. Amen.